this is D.L. Hudson. Welcome to Church and Culture. This show is devoted to exploring the interaction between our faith and our culture. Each week, I will talk with expert guests on topics ranging from literature, art, and music to politics, liturgy, spirituality, and education. Thank you for joining us. Delighted to have a brand new guest today on Church and Culture. Her name is Krista Thomas. We're going to be talking about a very exciting homeschooling program called the Tan Academy. And of course, I'm not just doing this because I have uh, three books published with Tan. I'm doing it because it's a fantastic program. Now, let me tell you about Krista. She's a Catholic wife and mother convert to the faith and is living in South Dakota for reasons we will ask her later. As a busy academic coach for Tan Academy, she recently retired from homeschooling duties of 20 years. She is a valued publicist for Tan Books and writes for Tan Direction, American Essence Magazine also, and other publications on themes that include literature, spirituality, education, and homeschooling. She often talks speaking engagements on homeschooling and marriage. We're going to talk about Tan Academy, whose mission is to help families homeschool to heaven. So, Krista, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know, I looked through the materials you sent, and I looked through the Tan Academy website, and I just kept saying, yes, they've got it right, yes, if I had a kid, I'd want my kid this. Yes, 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 yes. In other words, you had this combination of, of course, commitment to the orthodox understanding of our faith with classical education and what you call the schoolhouse approach. Tell, expand a little bit on because that I really smiled when I read that. Tell us what you mean sure. by the schoolhouse approach. Sure. So what happens normally is when people jump into homeschooling, they get overwhelmed, I mean, literally overwhelmed by how many sciences, how many maths, how many histories, how many religion programs. And after homeschooling for a number of years, we learned in our own home that this schoolhouse method was the best way to homeschool your kids across multiple ages and abilities, and so that's what this really is. And so, when we came up with Tan Academy and and basically formulated this two years ago, it was launched last year, last April, well, before in twenty twenty one, right? Um, and so, what we did is we put this program together to show parents how you can take the edge off this this constant need to think of an institutionalized education that we're bringing this institution home. No, no. What we want to do is not bring an institutional thought into the home because it is home schooling. So what you would do is you would take the one religion that would, like, let's just say, for example, that you have a third grader, a fifth grader, and a seventh grader. You might use the fifth grade religion program from Tan Academy called Our Holy Faith with the Imprimatur of the 1950s and you would do a read aloud, a Socratic discussion afterwards with your children 
um, using one religion book. Um, you can do the same thing with history. You can do the same thing with our science, foundations of science. But the idea is to bring your kids together at that kitchen table and you're learning together like it would have been a hundred plus years ago with that schoolhouse mentality, you know, back on the prairie. Um, so you would have multiple ages, even up through high school. And that's what I think I like most about our products that um, we have developed um, with professors from Belmont Abbey, Dr. Tim, who, who's the one who wrote um, Foundations of Science, beautiful pictures, um, and, and the content is so rich that you can use it in a first grade setting or you can use it in high school and you just challenge up with activities and uh, labs and dissections and field trips and things like that. So the idea is you're bringing the family together at home and you're learning one subject together with multiple well, subjects. Well, I know Does that you, I should, Krista, I should have said it's a K through 12 program, right? Yes, it is a K through 12 program. So we have many families that want to do earth science together. And so we show families how to have their homeschooled high schooler be able to do this program with the first grader and the sixth grader and the eighth grader do it together and then challenge that high schooler to do a science fair project that entire semester, um, to do dissections with the whole family, to be the leader with the other children as well. I mean, this is just an opportunity to bring that schooling down to an organic level of quality learning, not based off of quantity, it's quality learning. And they get to do it together. It's, 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 that's what we had been doing for years. And so it was a privilege to be able to bring that into this, this Tan Academy curriculum. Well, as you probably know from the books I've published with Tan, yes. I'm all about classical education. I'm all about the great tradition of the liberal arts mm-hmm. and, and the great classic books and history and the importance of just plain old history. And when I went through Tan Academy, I saw all of those being underscored quite brightly and it's much more than meat and potatoes. It's much more than reading, writing, and arithmetic. You offer the richness of the Western civilizational tradition, and you emphasize, in my opinion, what, what Catholic young people in particular should know about. And this, of course, was in your mind from the beginning, right? That's correct. So our program is essentially classical with traditional methodologies built in because we do recognize that some families may have students that have some learning disabilities so we do try to help people migrate toward mostly classical but if they have you know they need that traditional more methodology within their homeschool then we can do that but when you look at especially what these students are reading in literature it is historically aligned starting with sixth grade. The literature that we have the students read are from the good and great books all the way through high school. And what's really neat about high school is the lectures that we provide um, that are intertwined into the lesson plans themselves so that these students can actually go dive deep. That's what we want, diving deep with experts in their field on the Ennead, the Odyssey, um, and even, you know, we have World Lit, uh, a professor who, who gives um, an analysis of what's being read. 
but it is true. We really do want to bring the good, the true, and the beautiful to these students so that when they graduate, even if they don't go to college, because as you know, college is expensive these days. And, well, and, and college and is, is against us. It is, unfortunately. With few exceptions. It's true. And as long as we have loans available to the degree that they are available, there's no reason for colleges to actually cap off what they are charging students. Um, well, I have a lot of high school homeschool hacks about all of that. But um, if, and if I could, just really encourage parents that if their children do go to college, it really should be a Newman Guide school, frankly. Um, oh, so there's no they're, question they're, about that. I've, exactly. I've been part of that. Uh, I've been part of that since the day it was mm-hmm. founded. And um, I uh, and I just want to mention, you know, I, I've gone through and looked at a number of the courses that are offered in the areas that I'm familiar with, history, philosophy, literature, and so forth. And you've got the top people I know. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Anthony Essel and Laura Garcia, John Cudaback, I mean, Joe, Joseph Pierce, who's been on the show 20 times. And yes. uh, so, you with, you know, with the exception of not having me on there, you've got all the best people. And you know what? We do need to work on that, don't we, Deal? We should we work do. on that. <laughs> we, do. we really should. Um, you are absolutely right, because what's so great about TAN Academy is that the other division TAN courses, we offer additional lecture-based courses that are perfect for upper middle school academic students and then all throughout you know, the high school years that um, students can tap into and really, like I said, dive deep because we really want when a student graduates from high school that they will have had a, an exceptional education, not just a good or a great education, but an exceptional education that they will have understood who they are with God, what their purpose is, and, and to know that, it, that this education is about the whole person. It, it's not just looking at checking off a box, okay, now you graduate. It's the whole person and how you, in light of God's love for you, can actually be contributive in society as opposed to what society wants us to be, and that's comparative today. So uh, we really are homeschooling to heaven. That's our that's our job. If there's one last or one last breath that we want to say as parents that we have helped educate our children to love them, to know them, and serve them, right? And we feel like we have that. And with all of these wonderful professors and um, lectures, lecturers, I should say, we really it's just such an exciting time to be in this homeschool field to be able to show parents how they can um, educate themselves. Maybe they themselves didn't have the best education, um, and so they can further that, because education doesn't just end when you well, graduate high school. It should continue. Krista, that's the point. In other words, college, if you go to college, is just the first step. Mm-hmm. And too many people, in fact, 99%, think their learning is over, you know, except yeah. in their business and of course they know they have to learn you know to be parents and all that but in terms of their intellectual development mm-hmm. their their understanding of, of the great subjects of history ideas theology they more or less hang up their cleats at that point and uh, I think that uh, you know I, I worked a lot with Mortimer Adler who yes. was the founder of the great books program as well as the great books of the Western world series. Mm-hmm. 
and I, you know, I became very good friends. I was his fellow out at the Ashman Institute for a number of summers, and you know, he told me, Deal, uh, you know, there are just some things you you shouldn't study until you're sixty or seventy. There are just I some totally things. I agree that, with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, it, I mean, Aristotle himself says uh, you can't understand ethics till after you're forty, when your passions have calmed down. And uh, his metaphysics, he says a similar comment about that. So one wonderful thing about home, this, this program is that it, it kind of puts the parents in a position of continuing their education as well. It's true. It's true. Um, and speaking of Mortimer Adler, one of my favorite books I tell parents all the time in coaching is his book, How to Read a Book. Oh, yes. I, I loved that book. Yes. And, I, and he has just been, I think, one of, I think he has really been the mover and shaker for redefining what education should look like. And as you know, the history of the classical education movement, I mean, if people understood that it used to be the classical education up until, you know, the turn of the century. That would be the that's, 1900s, that's right. of course. And, and when I did mm-hmm. my research on this for my book on how to keep from losing your mind, I discovered that the 1911 or 1908 Harvard Classic series, yes. which was uh, a great book series before even Adler and Hutchins series in the 50s, was addressing the breakdown in classical educational liberal arts even then. Mm-hmm. So this was going on, as you say, at the turn of the century, and we've just seen it get worse. But, you know, Mortimer uh, and Hutchins, Robert Hutchins, after he retired as president of the University of Chicago, they they had a huge impact, a national and some even international impact, with the uh, great books of the Western world, but also with all the other uh, things that he spun off. For example, I'm sure you know about Mortimer's Paideia project, mm-hmm. Paideia Academy, yeah. which was a kind of a, uh, it was meant to be adopted by schools, but it also influenced a lot of homeschoolers. Here's a question I've got, though. Uh, how does it work in terms of developing the social skills? I'm sure this is a question you get all the time. The social mm-hmm. skills of the students in terms of out, you know, outside the family. Well, we are very blessed um, as Catholics that parish life is really important to families. Number one, whether you homeschool or not, being involved in parish life is essential. And whether that is going to be the Tridentine Mass or whether it's going to be the Novus Ordo or the Byzantine or any of the other twenty plus rites there are. A families have to understand that the community is going to start with their faith, right? Their faith walk, we desire to be in community as, as human beings. So, number one, you may or may not have a priest that is a little, you know, could be supportive of homeschooling. You know, they have, they also have, have to help, you know, raise funds for parochial schools and things like that, which do have their place as well. And a lot of these parochial schools are finding, they're moving toward, TAN products to bring them in their schools, and parents can help bring TAN Academy and TAN Books products into the schools if they demand them, if they demand to have the right Catholic history. Um, well, I say the right history is the Catholic history. But um, so 
back to your question at the socialization, I think it's a myth. Um, having, I'm, I'm a very social person myself. I've got um, very, um, my kids are probably not as social as I am, but they're not introverts either. And so having these relationships within our, our the friendships that can grow from parish life, I think are crucial. Um, and you can do that just by volunteering at the church. Um, I think that families need to be contributive, and instead of comparative, waiting for a co-op to start, go and start one. If you're waiting for, um, you know, uh, some sort of activity within your homeschool community, start one. Uh, I've noticed this over the last 10, 20 years. We really have a lot of people to thank who started homeschooling, because I think it was legalized in 1993. And so these folks were, our, were the forerunners, and they were the ones that were starting the co-ops and things. And so, you know, co-ops can ebb and flow, and but they're great places for socialization and also for learning different things. Skills, for instance, are really important to learn skills, not just, you know, um, you know, good literature. Um, but I guess to answer your question is, I do think socialization is a myth. I, I actually think that a lot of homeschool kids are well-adjusted in communities because they have to learn how to get along with their own siblings, their grandparents, <laughs> yeah. um, friends of right. their friends. And, and I think now we can see a lot of students who graduate from high school, they've only known their peer group. They don't know um, groups outside of their own subset of age. So they may not be comfortable going into a nursing home and actually spending time with the elderly or the lonely. Um, they may not be able to walk door to door if it's a, a, an election campaign that you're, you're helping to work on. I mean, I see a lot of homeschoolers have more opportunities, especially in high school, to get their work done in four or five hours. And they have two, three hours where they can go and work, they can go and volunteer, they can start a business. I, I really do think it's a myth. The only way that I would say a homeschooler is unsocialized is if they have been at home with no opportunities outside the home, and, and I would blame the parents for that. And maybe I no just, brothers and sisters. Right, and that would be that would be the parents seeing the need for socialization and saying, "No, you you must be you must be an altar server. You need to be around, you know, people your age, but also people in the community, the parish community. They're older." You know, helping out with the Knights of Columbus events, or um, even even helping um, cook for for the funeral committees. You know, when they have these beautiful um, beautiful lunches after a, after a funeral mass. I mean, there are so many places that we could volunteer, and just in volunteering gets you just enough socialization. That, um, in fact, my kids nobody knows they were homeschooled, <laughs> but they're not secular either. They're they're. They are very engaged in their parish communities, um, and and that's a that's a real blessing. So I think that should be the goal: is that it, it, when we homeschool to heaven, we are also looking to bring people to heaven with us. It's not just now, singular talking, about me. Remind our listeners: I'm talking to Krista Thomas, who uh, has since the beginning uh, been part of Tan Academy, and but still is a coach. For Tan Academy and has been involved in homeschooling for over 20 years. Now, why do you live in South Dakota? Well, that would take a whole other program to explain. But in a <laughs> nutshell, in a nutshell, um, I I'm a Texan, as you know, and I so lived up I. on the East Coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I lived up on the East Coast for 30 years, and my husband was 
getting ready to retire, and for the last 10 years, we had said, why don't we try and, and try somewhere else to live? And I'm a southerner. I would have been happy living in the south, but we both love the mountains and had visited out in Custer State Park about 15 years ago. And um, so through prayer, the Lord led us to Rapid City, South Dakota. And it's well, that's, been an that's amazing a journey. Great, mm-hmm. Krista, that's a great answer. And so well, you're in a, it is you're the in answer, place right? You, yeah. I mean, go, yeah. go where you can be human, right? <laughs> well, yes, and and I'm not saying it's a perfect city. Uh, I don't think any city is, but we've really enjoyed our time here. We've been biking, hiking, and, uh, you know, the church communities, I, I didn't realize how many Catholic churches were here in Rapid City, and streets named after saints. So it's, Yeah, it's funny how it's, these it's Catholic, en- you discover these Catholic enclaves in the, in the right. U.S. that go back, you know, a long, long way. And t- tell right. us the tell us the ages and names of your children. So uh, my oldest is twenty five. Her name is Ashlyn. Um, she lives in North Carolina now, and she's a graduate of Christendom College. Uh, my middle daughter Avery is twenty one, coming up in about one more month, and uh, she's finishing up at Belmont Abbey online, um, and. My youngest is going to Ave, and she is, she's 18. She just turned 18. She graduated early. In fact, all my kids graduated high so school. So she's down, in, she's down in Florida at Ave Maria? Pardon me? She's in, in Florida at Ave Maria? Yes. Yes, actually. She'll be an RA. She leaves here tomorrow. <laughs> so, And she loved it. My, my, we've just been so grateful for the Cardinal Newman Society, just the fact that they were able oh, to help yeah. guide a lot of us, and and oh, yeah. I would say even if your children don't are not homeschooled, one of the best things you can do is is stop looking at universities um, that are secular. Um, and I'm you know I love my alma mater. I I went to Texas A and M, and I love my alma mater. My but father went to Texas A and M. What year did he graduate? He graduated in uh, forty or forty one. Went straight into the Army Air Corps and flew over Europe. But oh, uh, his senior year, A and M won the Rose Bowl, and mm. uh, also he, his roommate was very famous footballer named John Buston John Kimbrough. But when I was in high school, we used to fly from Fort Worth down to College Station for A and M games. Yes. Da 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 da. I'd love that marching right. coming out of the end zone. Yeah. So, so my dad graduated in 1958. He was a Roth volunteer. So three of us went to A&M. My brother went to A&M at Galveston. Um, and my oldest sister did not go to A&M. She, she went to an all girl school in Virginia instead because of their equestrian program. And it was a classical based college. Yeah. That's what she was seeking. But A&M was great. And you could actually take the train from the, from the DFW airport and actually take the train down to um, College Station. And that's where my mom, who's an SMU grad, met my dad. And uh, so they were always talking about the kind of education that they grew up with in the Dallas area. And and it was more classical-based, of course. But um, great school. I just would really tell people they should look look toward those kinds of universities. Well, they have a great Catholic community at Texas A&M. They do. They do. Really, uh, I, I, I went down there once and spoke to it. I was very impressed with uh, mm-hmm. the depth of it. And by the Surely. way, what do you think my father thought when I went to the University of Texas? 
Well, I'm sure he, um, I don't know your father or did know your father, but, um, I'm, I'm sure he would start calling you, um, you know, T-sip. calling it TU instead of T-sipper. University of Texas. T-sipper. <laughs> he, I was a T-sipper. He was proud of you. I'm sure he was proud of you. Well, yes and no, but, uh, we always put our arguments aside on the golf course and had a great time oh. regardless. He didn't like me studying philosophy. He didn't like me going to Princeton Theological Seminary. He didn't like me becoming Catholic, for that matter. He didn't like oh. me going doctorate at Emory in philosophy and, and literature. But, uh, yeah, I think mm-hmm. eventually he uh, he was uh, happy with the guy I had become. You know you know how, how you sort of, at least some period when they're growing older, you kind of put away the nonsense and... and uh, become very close it's true and but when you go through that as a young person and you know that you're disappointing a parent because you're becoming catholic it's huge it is just i can't explain that to anybody what that would be like but you know that you have to do those things where god is calling you to do you have to live that you have to live that truth right and i do think i even think with with uh, my own my own dad i think he I think in, in his end, because he's since passed, but I, I feel like he was actually proud of me in the end. Like I did, mm-hmm. I, was, I was true to myself and I was true he to You made God. a choice. And, and uh, my, yeah. mother, my mother's comment was, well, when are you becoming a Hare Krishna? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, and we laughed. I mean, we laughed. She, she wasn't right. Right. too serious about it. But we're going to uh, take a short break and we'll be back. I'm talking with Krista Thomas about the Tan Academy, a great homeschooling program, which in my opinion, I don't see how it could be any better. We'll be right back. back with Krista Thomas, and we're talking about the TAN Academy homeschooling program, and as I've said before the break, I just don't see how it could be any better with its combination of commitment to classical learning, to the Catholic faith, the real one, and to history, philosophy, theology, the the great books, including the great Catholic novels such as Kristen Lovren's Daughter. And Kristen, how quickly has this program grown since you instituted it? Well, that's a really great question. And, and I mean, we're enrolling so many people every day. And just the complimentary calls that I'm taking to show people what the program is about is, is far more busy than last year. And last year, we got off to a great start, and we had a a wonderful set of homeschool uh, parents that joined our program, and it was just, I mean, I'm still amazed when I think back about what our mission is and to be on mission, and here we are in year two going gangbusters. I think part of it is that people are seeking something they can trust, and if you know TAN Books, you know we are a publisher that people can trust to their faith, and the fact that we were able to bring this, uh, all of these homeschooling elements together, I have so many people that thank me every day, like finally. And, and it's interesting because I could say that too. There are a number of really great homeschool programs out there, 
but to be able to have the ability to swap out masks, to swap out maybe your composition program. You know, we are eclectic people. We're preferential people, so it's just really nice that there's a program that came along that has religion, literature, and history all combined in the right ways, and then the parents have the option to swap out some of these other subjects. I think that's what's so appealing to a lot of these families. So when they enroll, and the enrollment actually is more affordable than anything on the market, um, but they're a part of the community where they get free unlimited coaching throughout the year. We're actually going to hold your hand, um, whether you're eclectic. Well, that, that's amazing, season. Krista. I mean, that, that's an yeah. amazing fact right there. Well, we, we, we recognize that, you know, people are jumping in, especially with the pandemic that happened, um, quote-unquote. Um, there are a lot of people that feel they're going to fail their children. And all I say is, if you love your children, how can you fail them? If you love them to God, you will not fail them. Do we want children to be ready to go to Harvard? We really just want children when they, especially throughout their whole career of, of educating at home, we want that to continue after they graduate. And, and it's the idea that we're homeschooling to heaven. That is our first and number one priority. And, and you're not going to find that into, in secular schools. They're not homeschooling to heaven. They're, you are a number. You are a potential employee doing a skill. And um, what we want to do is educate the whole person because... Um, you know, the Lord loved us into existence, and, and so we should live according to his designs for us in whatever capacity and charism that is that takes us to that next level, right? Well, That's what's really what it's in, what's, about. Krista, what's implicit in, in the program is the traditional Catholic confidence in reason uh, mm-hmm. that faith and reason can work in harmony and that it doesn't have this, you know, Protestant uh, automatic suspicion of reason, things like philosophy, uh, things even like literature or the arts, you know, that they're being educated to use their reason to make critical decisions about their likes and dislikes, about what they want to influence them and their families and their future children. You know, they're learning to, I think St. Paul said, discern the spirits. And yeah. I uh, I applaud that so much. Uh, the, You know, when I think back on the incredible education I got in, in public school, uh, but I had, you know, I was in public school where, uh, you know, you were... Demands were made. Great, honest grades were given. There was no, you know, there was no, you know, well, A and B automatic where uh, you got punished for breaking the rules. I mean, I remember being marched down to the boiler room in uh, seventh grade and being, you know, paddled uh, so hard that the whole school could hear it. It echoed through the whole <laughs> school with a fiberglass paddle. And, uh, you know, I, and I had a 10th grade football coach that just made everybody bend over when they came out of the shower to get take two licks to make us tougher. Right. Right. Uh, and so and none of this hurt us. I mean, I'm not damaged from any of this. Exactly. But and, and was uh, in its own way, it was it was um, taking me seriously as an individual that I 
that my misbehavior mattered, yes. that it needed to be corrected. Because chaos is, I think, what we're seeing now, that there are no rules, there is no order. Teachers have very limited or little authority over the child in many cases. Uh, like you, um, except we didn't have fiberglass paddles. They were wood, and they were probably an inch and a half thick. And they hurt so, enough. <laughs> well, I didn't experience it. Okay, thanks be to God. <laughs> but plenty of my friends did. And if you were in ag in that ninth grade, and by the way, in my ninth grade class, you your only elective was either ag or it was home ec. I chose home ec, and you know why? Because in the ag, you basically, everybody by the end of the year in ninth grade end up with a lick. I'm not kidding. It's so funny to even call it that because most people I talk to today, they're like, what's a lick? I'm like, oh, yeah, they that call, was, they were licks. It was all right. And, oh, and the guy, and the vice, right. pr- vice principal is called Chopper. He was the guy that gave oh, him the licks. Not to his face. <laughs> But, you know, I want to say early, the early 90s is when in Texas, at least I can say, and I went to a very small school in North Texas, a public school, and and I think that's when things started changing in education, and I came back and everybody could be a cheerleader as opposed to trying out from from, uh, representatives who would judge you from the National Cheerleading Association. I mean, everybody could be a cheerleader, didn't matter how many, and I thought, wow, everybody's getting a ribbon. That can't be good. So I, I do think that there are some, some certain disciplinary actions that were taken that were good at a time. I think competition is very healthy. I think we need to understand that we're not going to be good at everything. I mean, I, I there were people that, that, you know, played tennis better than me. There were people that were better cheerleaders than me. And and that's a, a lesson in humility. Were you so a cheerleader, Krista? I was. Oh, boy. Yeah. That makes you yeah. very special. No, I don't think so. Did not, you do not, all not the really. standing I mean, on the, on the shoulders and jump, jumping around so and all fun. that? That's okay, but but the key is is that you learn how to cheer others on, right? You're you're a helpmate. That's what's so great about cheerleading and some of these team sports is you're in it to win it with other people, right? Exactly. That's and the 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 point that you were making earlier about homeschooling is that it becomes a team effort. Yes. It's not just one parent, one child, you know, working through the curriculum. It involves a, a team, which, as you said, it can even be a tutor, off, you know, offering uh, help directly uh, for free whenever you need it. Exactly. Exactly. How can so, how can Tan afford that? Well, we technically. Um, actually don't tutor children in the studies themselves, but we do equip parents with tools to help do that with their children. So, so you work um, with the parents. What we, yes, we work with the parents. So what we really try to do is help these parents find the best avenue. I had one family today. They, they have um, a, a, a number of children that are dyslexic, and having a very difficult time. Now, they're in upper middle school and having a very difficult time with their math facts. And so you learn 
to to help people in ways that they these kids can then continue on that next level of math. And instead of getting bogged down for years on, oh, I don't know my math facts, and they've been going over and over and over them, you, you give them a little trick, a little tool. And in this case, you know, this is a 7th, 8th grader who needs to know concepts more than they know the math facts at this point. So use a calculator. Let's understand and have a quality experience in math rather than being bogged down by the actual memorization. If a child doesn't have quite the ability of another child because of a learning disability that's very severe. So we try to help families realize that in the end, if Jesus were to walk in and and sit down and be part of this experience of homeschooling, is is going over the math facts for the millionth time when you're in eighth grade and you still are having an issue with it, is there a better way with Jesus they use the calculator? Probably. So it's things like that. We try to help families go the go the distance with as um, challenging an education as possible, but also understanding that we're human and and maybe math is just not your strength, and that's okay. So we're going to get through the math so that the child will then be able to take those skills and and that whole learning experience and still enjoy learning after they've graduated. But take it the next step. Does that make sense? It does. And and math was my not my forte. And I remember I, I got very excited about geometry, and but I started asking, and this was in, I think, uh, ninth grade, mm-hmm. and I started asking the teacher, Mr. Little, I still remember his name, what, what as I look back on it, were theoretical questions about the foundations of geometry. And he would just like, he could, you know, he had, he couldn't address anything. All he could oh. address was, what was in the book, and mm-hmm. I remember because to me that was a moment when I could have been drawn into math and learned learn something, you know. But I wanted to come from a different direction, uh, and he, you know, the teacher couldn't do it. And I think that's that's a, you know, great teachers learn to take students from the direction they come. Yes. And I would say that, you know, you were coming from a liberal arts perspective. You know, you were asking why. Those are such important questions um, that I often think that, you know, sometimes we emphasize STEM too much and that we have to realize that your child could either be STEM or your child is a liberal arts student and you will start seeing that play out in upper middle school and definitely in high school. It is quite okay that that you really enjoy philosophy, you enjoy theology. You're the Lord's leading you in that path for a reason. I always say to families, pick your top three priorities for each student. Those top three dive deep because they you just never know where God's gonna take them with the knowledge that they have. I was not a very good math student, unfortunately. And I would say well, if, if, if you are a liberal arts student and not geared towards STEM, and, and, and that's to say STEM is wonderful, but I think you have to have a mind for it. So if you're not, then when you look at the liberal arts, you can say, I'm going to explore geometry. I'm going to explore trigonometry. But I don't have to be so good at it that, 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 that I have to do some discipline in college 
because that's going to make me the most money. It's not really about that. It's it's understanding that this, these are subjects that you, when you prioritize them for you, for each student, you can really dive deep and figure out where the Lord is leading you. I've got one one of my my own is at Ave because of Catholic studies and theology because she was introduced to philosophy and logic and took off, and math wasn't her thing. So I just think God is so good, and we as parents and even grandparents and aunts and uncles, we should look at our our relatives and, and even even if we are mentoring other kids and really try to see where the Lord's leading them. And it is okay to choose to do something with your life because God is giving you a charism for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question, uh, Christo. In your education, do you remember a moment when the lights came on in your mind that you that something just kind of broke free and a kind of excitement and passion entered in that wasn't there before? Probably at a very young age, um, learning how to read. I think, and I was young, um, you know, kindergarten. Definitely, definitely kindergarten, learning how to read, and that light bulb moment did happen where you're saying, I can do anything because I know I can put this puzzle together and, and see a word and understand its meaning and put it together with sentences and then understand the concept and then talk about it. I, yes, how about you? What was your light bulb moment? Well, I was in the senior play in high school, and uh, I was playing Pater in the Diary of Anne Frank, oh. only because I wanted to kiss the girl that was playing Anne Frank, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and, Love it. But the janitor of the school, a younger, young, handsome man who I did know was a graduate student in philosophy at TCU, Fort Worth, he uh, called me aside and said, would I like to read some Plato and talk about it? And, of course, I had a vague idea who it was, and he handed me a beautiful book, and he showed me what to read, which I did. And I felt, wow, if he's going to hand me this gorgeous book, I better better read it. And after the next rehearsal, we sat down, and his opening line was, what came first, existence or essence? Which is the, one of the fundamental uh, questions of, philosophy, especially in the Aristotelian Thomistic tradition. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment when my mind just exploded. Uh, and, you know, and I I said, it must be existence. And he said, you're exactly right. And then right. we talked, and from then on, I mean, I just, it, it just unlocked that door to uh, philosophical thinking and, uh, you know, about being itself about why we there is something rather than nothing you know what is it about what's what's our individual role in a world that's uh, that has that exists and is completely different from us and was there a common cause you know did we all come from this I mean I just all these thoughts and questions began to tumble out at that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I God bless him. I remember seeing his face very clearly. I just wish I remember his name. I could thank him. Oh, that's beautiful. That is yeah. so beautiful. Well, if, and he's, if, if he's hearing me, 
Get in touch, please. <laughs> right, right. And, and to think that, you know, parents are giving their children the light bulb moments, right, as well. That, that we have the ability to do that in our own home and to talk about where we come from and this, this whole philosophical, beautiful question of, of existence. I, I can't, I just can't express Which, which leads to creation, which leads to God's love. Yeah. You know, and and it leads to the imago dei, the image of God in man. I mean, it, le- it leads so many essential places. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. And the um, so let's talk. Can we talk a little about cost? I think uh, well, there probably sure. are people listening who are attracted by the idea that it's a reasonable cost. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh gosh, you're gonna you're gonna put me on the on the um, on the stage here, golly! Absolutely, where do I, I am. Where do I even <laughs> begin on that? Where do I begin on that? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I would say. Let's say that uh, I that I that I've got a kindergarten student coming in and I get in touch and I say I want to homeschool use the TAN program uh, basically mm-hmm. what am I going to find out about what it costs oh cost oh gee cost is easy I thought you were speaking philosophically about cause and effect and I thought okay oh, where are we going to take that we could do that field? too <laughs> well, that's okay. let's talk about cost first that's why I hesitated I'm like hmm that's the power of radio, right? Sometimes hearing the actual word can be mixed with another. So cost. There you go. Cost. Uh, oh, this is easy. Thank you, Bill, um, for the clarification. So cost of the program is $250 enrollment fee for a single child um, or a family enrollment fee of $500. And that could be two or more students. So you could have 10 students it's still going to be $500. And what's included in this affordable program is your lesson plans for each of those grades that are enrolled. It's unlimited coaching um, to the parent on any aspect of Catholic homeschooling, uh, including with our our programming. Um, And then it also includes 40% off of TAN Academy products of those enrolled grades and then 20% off site-wide. And at the end of the year, we offer report cards as well. Parents don't need to actually send in any work whatsoever. We do trust parents, and we're trying to give parents um, confidence and encouragement that they themselves can be the administrator of their homeschool. Um, we're just really trying to show people that we're not institutionalized in our thinking, um, that we really want this to be you know, homegrown, organic, experience for them to love learning, um, you know, throughout their whole time in, in homeschooling. So it's 250 for a single enrollment, 500 for is that Is that home. per year? Per year, yes. And yes. But then, there, then there's the cost of the materials. Yes, but we run, we run sales, and then also they get 40% off. So if they're doing Story of Civilization Ancients in second grade, they're going to get 40% off of that. They're going to get 40% off our foundations of science. They're going to get 40% off our holy faith. They're going to get 40% off high school lectures, 40% off of 
high school religion, um, and um, anything well, I mean, that's I, I'm that sort of is just, a Catholic. Krista, I'm just Pardon? sort of flabbergasted at the cost, and in in the sense that it is so low and so modest. You know why? And, uh, okay. I um, I mean, really, I don't know what to say. It, it sounds it, it, amazing. You know why? Yeah, it's it's Connor Gallagher is a father of fifteen. Yeah. They homeschool, and they have been homeschooling, and he's the CEO of TAM. He understood, and, and we had talked extensively about this, along with his lovely wife, Ashley, that, you know, there should be a program that's affordable. So I have to tell you, Connor is on mission, and I, and I everybody that works at TAN and TAN Books, TAN Courses, TAN Academy, TAN Direction, we're all on mission. We really are trying to help people become saints, and so why should... Money. Why should we worry about money when God owns all the money in the world? It just, he just makes it possible. And it's just this whole laying out of this Tan Academy the last few years has been a beautiful process. So that it's literally been an incredible experience to see people that didn't think they could afford homeschooling. They didn't realize that here they, here they were, a working professional, coming home, and realizing that they can make it, they can do it, and they've chosen uh, a, a beautiful way to express a new vocation of homeschooling at home, being at home with their children, and doing it affordably. And that's really what we're about. That's why the schoolhouse approach makes it happen, because if a family chooses the one religion and the one science and the one history and they're learning together, they're going to save money and they're going to save time. It's really difficult to homeschool multiple children with multiple subjects all at different levels. It's really difficult to do, and especially in a classical way. It's really difficult. I mean, you can do it, but you may not be able to do it very well. And we're there to show them how they can do it. And I really thank Connor because, you know, he had this idea. He was seeing they were going through it in the same way and, and thought we already have homeschooling products that other homeschool curricula providers use. Why not develop this so that families are able to do it and do it well? Right. Yes, and uh, I want to tell people where they can go to sign sure. up and look at the program, and it's very simple. It's tanacademy.com, tanacademy.com, and it's a wonderful website. It mm-hmm. rolls out very easily, with, you know, and with the links and and the clarity of uh, knowing where you want to go to find out. Uh, how to how to get registered and how to be involved. It's uh, it's really an ideal kind of website for for this. And uh, what if they have specific questions, Krista? What what should they do? So we're very blessed. So um, Lisa Clark is another coach. She coaches along with me, and there is a complimentary coaching session. 15 minutes and you can go to TAN Academy and you'll be able to find uh, the link to be able to sign up scheduling online to be able to show up at a Google Meet or you can join by phone through the Google Meet at a time that, that works for you. So we are available to help talk people, talk to people about the program and how they can implement it. And we're just, we're so grateful that the response to what we're doing is it's phenomenal that we have schools now that are looking at what we're doing and saying, now, wait a minute, this this is something we need to be looking at for, for educating our, our future, you know, Catholic faithful. And it's, it's just been a 
a, a beautiful experience, and I can't thank you enough for actually having me on and talking about it and having a, a very delightful conversation about the classical methodology, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful well, for Krista, your the, I, well, once I looked at, at the program, I knew it was going to be a great conversation because this is this is what I've loved my whole life, and mm-hmm. you guys are making it available for K through 12. And so I'm delighted to do it, and I'd like for you to come back sometime and talk more about it. Would you do that? Sure, I would be. I would be delighted to. And thank so, you so much. Thank you, Krista Thomas, for coming on. And again, the program is tan uh, program dot com tan program dot com. And yep, tan uh, I encourage mm-hmm. anyone that's interested to go take a look at that. So thanks for coming on, Krista. Thank you. God bless you, Deal. Well, thank you, and to all your listening, hang on, I've got another wonderful guest on the way. <laughs>